As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing? Beautiful day. Harper, you did a great job. You're doing a great This is her first time in eighth grade to uh, do this. We, we really appreciate you doing that. Well, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers who are here today. That's always a wonderful time. Uh, today's gospel reading is fascinating. It's, it, there's so many things that's going on in Jesus' mind, his heart, and the people. I want us to look at it today. The, the, uh, sort of a good way to follow it is by the use of illustrations. Jesus gives you up front two illustrations. And these illustrations sort of guide the entire course of the material. Well, let's talk a little bit about it. But first, just something that happened before then. If you read, because this, this account is recorded in many of the Gospels, one thing you find is that that night before, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. Now, um, at this point, Jesus basically, his ministry was country ministry because he couldn't go into the cities because of his popularity. There were so many people or his dispopularity, so many that wanted to do, do him in kind of thing. So he just stayed out in the country and uh, the people came out there. I mean, there's no, there's no going away. Jesus is like a magnet, you know, Jesus is a magnet. That's the only best way to describe him. He, his, the heart, his heart and your heart's just like magnet and metal filings. They, once you get close to each other, boom, they come together. And that's exactly what we have. Well, Jesus had been up on the mountaintop that night praying. He had a big decision to make the next day. And we see what that decision is. That is to who's going to be the 12 apostles. He hadn't made that decision yet. But now it was time for him to do it. And because it was an important decision, we, we see him in prayer all night, praying about it. And now it's time for him to come back down the mountain. And as he begins to go down the mountain, he, he sees the crowd and he's moved. Now, uh, Jesus was, he could read you like a book. I mean, there wasn't, there was no getting around Jesus. I mean, but those, he had those eyes, he could pierce those eyes at you, and, and that's it. He knew exactly what was in your heart, where you were, and what was standing. And so uh, as he's sort of surveying the, the large crowd that is, that's at the bottom of the mountain, he feels two things. He feels that the people are troubled, and they feel abandoned. Those are the two things. He says, like sheep without a shepherd. That's what he calls it. See, that was, a, that was a popular phrase back then. Now he's thinking this in his mind. Like sheep, they look like sheep without a shepherd. Well, sheep without a shepherd is an illustration that we're not really uh, used to because we're not an agricultural community. But in his, in his situation, they know it fully well. As a matter of fact, uh, this this same uh, illustration is used in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sheep, they're like sheep without a shepherd. That's what he calls it. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Um, and what, it, what does it mean? Well, it means that sheep, sheep are very susceptible to wandering off. They, they don't think about where they are. They just sort of wander off. And without the assistance of a shepherd to guide them, 
it's extremely important for them to, to stay in good shape, in good condition. That's why at night they put them in a pen, a, pe a sheep pen, because they wandered off. And uh, the same thing would happen here. See, he, what he sees is, as he looks at them, he sees people that have wandered off from God. And when you wander off from God, there's, you feel troubled, you feel abandoned. You've got to, you, you feel lost. I guess that's the way. Sheep without a shepherd, you're, you're lost. And that's exactly what they did. And the problem is, sheep being as they are, they get into all kinds of trouble. They, uh, they, they truly do. They, it's not unusual that they would get their hair caught in the thicket um, and just sort of be susceptible to the wolves or thieves or anybody that come by. Another one is they were, they were so uh, oblivious to their situation, they would literally walk off a cliff. They would walk off a cliff. Uh, they, they just didn't pay any attention. And they were lost, and that's, that's the way it was for them. And that's how Jesus sees them. He sees them lost. He sees them troubled. He sees them abandoned. And what does he say? He said, well, they got what they deserved. That's exactly what they deserved. Uh, you know, they got exactly. It serves them right for wandering off away from the flock. Is that what he said? No, he didn't say that, did he? Well, no, he didn't say that. But his response is extremely powerful. It's a very powerful response, and it's one that is revealed in what's called in the chapter in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the parable of the lost sheep. Or is that word lost again, isn't it? Well, the shepherd in the parable had a hundred sheep. What does one do? He wanders off, doesn't he? And he gets lost. What does the shepherd do? Well, you got what you deserved. No, that's not what he did. What did the shepherd do? He left the 99 and he went to find the one, didn't he? And when he found it, there was great joy. When he got back, there was great joy. See, the, the, the sheep was lost, but now had been found. Sort of like us. We get lost from God. We get lost in the mix of God. But when we get found, wow, there's great joy. And as Jesus looks at them, he, and he's, he's uh, sort of taking in their suffering, their stress. It says that he has pity on them. You ever had pity on somebody? Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah, you know, pity is, uh, it's sort of, you know, it comes from the word compassion. We can be compassionate, but when we have pity, it's sort of like compassion on steroids. It's intense, isn't it? Uh, we feel, and that's, that's exactly what he did. See, he... He, was, he felt pity for them. And this is really important because he would use this illustration, not an illustration, but it's sort of a reaction on several occasions. I mean, one of the most powerful is when he's up on the Mount of Olives and he's looking at Jerusalem and he, oh, he has pity on them. Oh, if you would just receive me, lost sheep of Israel, if you just receive me, you would be found. He was so moved that he cried, that he wept over the people. Now that's important because what I'm looking at, when I look at Jesus, I'm looking into the face of God. And what I see in the face of God is a God who is compassionate, a God who is loving, a God who is kind. Uh, you know, I see all of these wonderful, wonderful things about him 
and which is a, a mirror reflection of who God is. And that's powerful, isn't it? He's moved, and we see God. I think that's why uh, this compassion, this mercy, this caring, this patience that we see uh, in Jesus, is, it's epitomized in Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah, all we like sheep, there's that sheep word again. We're just like, all of us, he says, are like sheep, Isaiah said. We've lost our way. That, oh, there they go. They well, lost like sheep, haven't they? They've wandered off. They turned to their own way, and the Lord has laid on him, meaning the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. See, what God wants is for us to be found. Isn't that great? I love that because I get lost a lot. I don't know about you, but I get lost sometimes. I like being found by Jesus. Uh, you know, it makes him happy, and it sure makes me happy. What did Paul say in his letter to the Romans today? He said, but God proves his love for us in that while we were set, set still sinners, what did Jesus do? He died for us, didn't he? That's how much love God has for us today. You ever think about all those who have lost their way to God today? and feel a deep sense of compassion for them, I'd be willing to bet, I'd be willing to bet everything I own. There are people in here today that are feeling lost. They feel abandoned. They feel troubled. And they're trying to find their way back to God. I guarantee it. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Well, you came to the right place. Let me tell you that. You really did. So Jesus is very compassionate. And then he shares a second illustration. Well, this is not so much in his thinking as it is with the disciples. You know, he feels all this compassion. And uh, what he does, is he says this. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's what he says, isn't it? Let's look at that a little closer. What is the harvest Jesus is talking about? Well, we've already alluded to that, haven't we? The harvest is, find, is helping people to find God. There isn't anything greater in life than helping another person to find God. That's the harvest. There's nothing greater in life than to, to uh, pull someone who's caught in the thicket of despair out of that so that they can be found by God. There's, there's nothing greater in life than to see someone who's standing on the clip of hopelessness and help them to pull them away from that. That's the harvest. It's the harvest to find God. Jesus says something else. He says the harvest is abundant. It's an abundant harvest. What does that mean? Well, if I translate that into today's world, because what he meant then applies just as equally here. There are millions and millions of people in this world today, not only in this church, not only in this community, but all across the world that are feeling abandoned, that are feeling troubled, that are feeling lost. And they're looking to be found, looking to be found by God. That's the harvest. Somebody that'll help to draw them back into the fold of God's love. That's the harvest. And Jesus says it's abundant. It's massive. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, people are troubled, distressed. Wouldn't you agree 
that people feel that sense of loss, being lost today? Of course. Yeah. You know, he says it's abundant. Now, that doesn't mean 100%, but it means it's more than 50%. 50% of uh, millions of people is a lot of people, isn't it? They're out there today feeling lost. Jesus recognized it. Well, I mean, look. Look at the crowds that were gathered. They were lost. But they were looking, and they found Jesus. Here's the problem. Jesus says it very succinctly. What's missing, it's not the harvest. There's plenty of harvest to be taking place. No, what's missing is laborers in the field to gather the harvest. That's what's missing. And what does Jesus say? He says, here's how you deal with that problem. Ask, and you shall receive. Ask, and you shall receive. That's what's missing. That's what's missing in the, in the fields today. It's not the, the harvest. There's tons of it. It's not that. And then he says this to his disciples. He's speaking to you now. He's speaking directly to you. He says, you're a harvester. You're a laborer in the field. Isn't that what he said? That's exactly what he said. Jesus never missed words. He, you know, you pretty well knew where he stood. See, and he says to his disciples, he says, God has equipped you in every way to be able to do this. He's given you everything you need. Now what I'm going to do is send you out, and you don't hold back a bit. You heal everybody you see. Bring them back to God. That's why he says, he said, and God has given you these gifts, right? He's given them to you, and you're to use them. You know you have gifts. Everyone here has gifts that God has given in order to be a laborer in the field, a worker in the field. Uh, nobody's exempt from that. All of you have certain gifts and talents and abilities that have been given to you through the Holy Spirit. Use them. Use them to bring those that are troubled and distressed today, the, the lost sheep without a shepherd, back to the fold of God. That's your calling today, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, this illustration uh, reminds me of the picnic. And we just had a picnic. Um, but uh, earlier, you know, with the beginning of the week, you're looking at the weather report. And it said rain. A week ago today, it was rain. Rain Friday, rain Saturday. Oh, you know, rain's rough on picnics, aren't they? And... Uh, but then things, things begin to change. Sun and nice temperatures. That's what we had in it. Two days of it. It was beautiful. It really was. And so what they were telling me on Wednesday, this is going to be one of the biggest turnouts for a picnic we've ever seen. There are going to be wall-to-wall -wall people here. I said, that's great. But we got a problem. We got a problem. You know what the problem is? Not enough workers. Not enough workers. Not enough workers in the field to harvest. All the good souls that are coming here, you know, they're coming for the food. I mean, it's good. And, but they're coming here because they, they're lost. There's a, there's a sense of, there's something about, they wouldn't be here if they didn't believe in the church. They really wouldn't. They're not going to come for a burger. Uh, no, they're not going to do that. 
They're looking. They're, you know, what a great opportunity that we have here to help people and to, uh, want, you know, it's not the harvest. I mean, there were hundreds, I don't know how many people were here, hundreds of people here, maybe thousands, I don't know, over the whole course of the picnic. No, it's the workers. Don't have enough workers in the field. And uh, they said, well, we're just going to have to shut down some of the booths. We can't have all the booths. We, you know, we don't have enough workers. It's not the harvest. Have you ever planted a bunch of stuff and had so much a great harvest and you don't have anybody to harvest it and it just sort of rots in the field? That's sort of the way I think about it. Need workers. Well, what do we do? We, well, we follow Jesus' advice. We ask, hey, we're in trouble. You know, it's going to be a great picnic. We need work. They respond. And we had lots of workers at the picnic. And that's something. See, they stepped up as harvesters. And what a huge mistake, a uh, huge success that was. Church, let me tell you this. Right now, in your very midst, maybe you yourself, at this very moment, there are people all throughout here, the community, and through the world that are feeling a sense of being lost in life. They're everywhere. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Jesus said, I've equipped you to be my harvesters. Now go out and do something about it. Help people. Bring people to God. It's the greatest need there is today. There is no greater need. Bring people to God. God bless you, and I love you. Now let us stand as we profess our wonderful life-giving faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, 